Philly, you are so wonderful and interesting. You deserve a local news podcast all your own. Check out the John Cast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Michelle Durham. Elizabeth Lip is a mom from Montgomery County. She has two sons with autism spectrum disorder. And at the age of 39, she was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder as well. Elizabeth's story is actually not uncommon. Boys are four times more likely than girls to be diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. And a lot of girls go undiagnosed or misdiagnosed. And we're gonna talk about why that is. But first, I talked with Elizabeth about her story, how she fights for her kids, and what she wants people to know during Autism Acceptance Month. You know, with people that have um, spectrum disorder, not everybody's diagnosed right away. And what we're finding out is that women aren't diagnosed as quickly as men. So, you know, some women have grown up and not realized that they had a spectrum disorder. Well, you're talking to one. So how did you make this determination? Like, what is your story? Okay. So, um, my first son was born in 2000 and I knew the minute they handed him to me after they delivered him that he had something going on. And it's just, and everybody told me, you know, you're crazy. You're first time mom, you know, there's nothing there, but you know, I kept persisting and kept pushing. And, um, he was 30 months when we got his diagnosis. His brother, born in 2003, was a little less obvious. And I always say if he was born first, he probably would not have been diagnosed until probably late elementary or middle school. But because we had his brother, you know, we kind of knew what to look for. But he was definitely not as obvious as his brother. And then for me, um, I kind of came by my own diagnosis by accident. And I actually, had my diagnosis shortly before my younger son had his diagnosis in uh, 2006. Um, I had a friend who is also a psychologist give me a survey because she was playing on a hunch and um, I filled out the survey. It it was kind of like a test and I filled out the test and um, I scored really high, like surprisingly high on the autistic spectrum. And It just confirmed what she kind of saw in me. Um, For me, it was on, it was both a really big surprise and no surprise at all. And I was 39 when I was diagnosed. So did you feel different going up? I mean, did you feel like your processing was different than other people? Oh, I knew my entire life that I was different. I mean, my whole, my, my mom always said, you know, she's different. Uh, all my teachers said she's different. That was a label I got. I got the different label, the difficult label. I felt like I spent my entire life that I discovered what I did, you know, what I actually did was is called masking, which was basically, you know, just trying to keep myself together and trying to hold together like a normal, I'm using air quotes, face to the world and trying to contain this difference. 
because whatever that difference was, it made me a target for bullying. It made me a target for all kinds of negative things. So I always knew that there was something, but I didn't have a name for it. And what is your advice? Now you have these wonderful boys and let's talk about, brag about them for a minute because they are, they are spectacular. So your oldest is how old now? He's 22. And this was the kid who had such behaviors and such sensory issues. I was told that he would probably not be able to work and, you know, college was out of the question. Uh, Fast forward, he's been um, in two part-time jobs. He works at a Regal Theater and also he's a front desk customer service person at our local Y. He's been at both of these jobs for five years. He just received his associates business administration, and um, he'll actually be walking on May 19th. So we're very happy about that. Just absolutely amazing. And your younger son, a musician. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's just so great. He's in the marching band. Yeah, um, he's been my stealth guy. He is more successful at blending in. He knows exactly what he needs to do to blend in. Um, I don't... I hesitate to say that he's less impacted by his brother. It's just different. It just looks different. He's a slow processor, which I think a lot of people take to mean that um, he's not very intelligent. That's not true. It takes him a little longer to process, but um, where my older son had a photographic memory and has a photographic memory and tests very well, um, my younger son never tested as well. But the thing is, he thoroughly needs to learn and process everything. He's in marching band right now. He's in indoor percussion. He's a bowler. Um, He got his own job at at a pizzeria. He only works um, a few hours a week, but he enjoys that a lot. He got that totally on his own, but we're trying to figure out what competitive full-time employment for his. And, you know, during his last IEP meeting, he said he wanted to sing and bake. And I said, well, (laughs) I don't know how that's going to translate into the world of work for you, but, you know, we'll figure that out. So, you know, um, we'll see, you know, his story, actually both their stories are still being written, but, um, you know, Nick, just by dint of the fact that he's older is further along in where he's going. It's just amazing what you've done. And and in between all this, you're working full time and you write a blog about your experiences. And, yep. you know, on it is Autism Awareness Month, but what do you want people to know? It's not even so much what I want them to know. It's just I would want people to just be a little bit more open minded and accepting of people with differences. I mean, whether they're obvious differences or, you know, you're, you're talking to somebody and you perceive that there's something a little bit off, maybe they need a little bit of extra time. Maybe, um, maybe they just need you to be in the room with them. You know what I mean? It's, I, I think it's less about what I want people to know and more about what I would like people to do. If that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And then advice to parents who might be at the beginning of, of this, you know, you know, just your thoughts about, you know, guiding them. I, I think nobody knows your child better than you, you know. Well, that's 100% true. 
But I think the the single best and biggest thing that any parent in this position can do is to get involved um, in your local um, interagency coordinating council, like all of the um, intermediate units and early childhood um, in every county has one of these. So you get to know other parents and you get to know providers and you get to learn the language of what your child needs. Um, I kind of stand, I don't kind of, I stand on the shoulders of all the parents who came before me who have been in my shoes and who have had to fight for their children and their children's education. Building that network is so important and so vital. I mean, I, I've started out in the days of lift serves and email chains. That's where I started. And um, then as Facebook and online forums gathered steam, I found my people online. And a lot of these relationships have endured, you know, over decades now. Um, these are the people that I learned from. And I think the single toughest thing about being a parent with of a child with differences is that you really do feel like you are all alone in this and it feels very isolating and I think when you know that there are other parents who are out there who are fighting the same fights and you know doing the same things it's empowering and um, also validating because there are days when you think that you are literally losing your mind and you're not, you know, um, just having that village is just so important. And that's probably the best single piece of advice I can give any parent starting out on this journey, build your village. Now, after I talked to Elizabeth, I called Laura Gaffney. She's the Family Support Services Coordinator at Duran Incorporated in South Jersey. And I asked her about Elizabeth's story. What kind of advice does she have for people who are raising children with autism spectrum disorder? And what would she say to people who discover their diagnosis much later in life? And I also asked her why young girls go undiagnosed or misdiagnosed so much more than young boys. You know, Laura, we have so many people who are more aware of spectrum disorder and, and want to help and... I think one one of the things that um, Elizabeth talked about with me was that these families often feel alone on this journey. Yes, you can imagine how it must feel to um, go your whole lives and, and suspect that maybe you have the autistic trait in you and that you've had deficits and difficulties with friendships and social interactions and maybe eye contact was painful for you and you felt like you had to hide your symptoms from uh, the public and from your friends and and at the end of the day if you're having trouble making friends this is going to result in a lot of loneliness not and let alone a lot of anxiety for people also what can we do to support people that have spectrum disorders Laura because I think a lot of us don't know what to do Yes, yes. I think accepting them as they are, leaving your judgment at the door, just affirming them and helping them to understand that they're not less than, that there's nothing to be ashamed of in the way they present. And if they are having trouble making eye contact with you, don't expect it. 
And I would say, of course, don't judge them. They've been judged their whole lives by their most fierce internal critic, which is themselves. They're trying to fit into a world that doesn't make sense to them. And I would say, you know, just accept them as they are. The social interaction is something I really want to address because the loneliness is profound in this community. And we want to do more to include them. And then as you go through adolescence, it's so tough, uh, too, because of just the social demands. What can parents of adolescents do? Like, what is your advice for them? Because that's a really tough, judgmental age group. It sure is. And I guess the first step to getting help is admitting that you're different. I would say work with your adolescent to embrace their diagnosis and to accept who they are and then seek out therapies, social skills groups, have them connect with other uh, young people on the spectrum. There There are lots of resources out there that they can read. There are, um, like I said, social skills groups. There are places, um, safe places to talk, like um, in the therapeutic setting. Uh, I would say, you know, they should avail themselves to all of the available um, therapies and settings that might help them. I think the loneliness can be mitigated once they realize that they're not alone And there are many, many other people out there with this diagnosis. I think it's crucial that they connect with each other. One of the things that Elizabeth talked about in our conversation, Laura, that you will definitely uh, talk about is she felt she masked her whole life. She masked. And she said there was a certain freedom in being able to take the mask off. Right, right. I can imagine how that must have felt all her life to feel like she really had to hide who she really was. Um, and force herself into eye contact and force herself into social interaction where it might have been actually painful for her. And to take the mask off must have been such a freeing feeling of self-acceptance. And now she is free to be herself and to seek out the therapies and the connections if she feels like that would help her. Um, I think the self-acceptance leads to less anxiety also. And she doesn't have to hide who she is because she's beautiful. And because she can think creatively, this is an asset. The out-of-the-box thinking um, is, is actually an asset, you know, where we might see something like in autism, uh, we might judge the way people think as a limitation, um, being very in-depth on one topic and not wanting to be interrupted. This is actually an asset in some fields of study. When you uh, go to a doctor, you want them to understand with a depth of understanding who you are. So in some fields, this is a real asset. Maybe she can start thinking of herself as gifted and, um, you know, and, and not just limited. I would say that's very important. I think so, too. Also, why are girls, young girls, not diagnosed at the same rate of spectrum disorder as boys? Right. Because they it's harder for them to meet all the criteria. The criteria for diagnosis for autism is uh, very, very narrow. We have to have three persistent deficits in social interaction, deficits like sharing of interests engaging in reciprocity in conversation, going back and forth, 
being able to interpret uh, gestures and facial expressions. And we have to be able to show that we have difficulty in pretend play. And because, like you said, of all the masking that girls and women do, they might not exhibit any of these things because they've learned to compensate and do them anyway and force themselves to do them. So it's a perfect um, camouflage for their symptoms. They even can change the way they present their autism to the world depending on where they are. So if they're at home, they might let it show more than out in public or in school. So this makes diagnosis very difficult. They might not even show the symptoms to a clinician or a psychologist or a psychiatrist. So they go undiagnosed and misdiagnosed most of their lives. Laura, I'm so grateful for your time. Is there anything I didn't ask you you think it's important to point out? Sure. Durand is celebrating our 50th anniversary in existence in 2022. Um, We offer day programs and residential services for adults. Uh, I run a family support uh, services program where I hire staff to give caregivers a break from their caregiving. Uh, And we also have a school, as I mentioned, in Woodbury. Uh, that goes from age five up to age 21. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to this podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Michelle Dora, and we'll have another episode out soon.